to the Raw Dogger Sportscast. I'm Sean Watson. And I'm Ryan Kessler. Ryan, how's your week going? Pretty good? Hell of a Monday night. Yeah, it was. Well, first we start off with that. I just got done going through both my kids' bins of uh, Halloween candy. So you're ready to go. Yeah, and, and unfortunately I didn't find any special gummies in there. If you're a parent out there and you actually can think that people are lacing your kids uh, free drugs. with free drugs, you're out of your mind. Okay, nobody's doing that. Drugs cost too much. Get a grip. Okay, now back to a regular schedule program. <laughs> <laughs> I just had to get that little, that little, uh... <clears throat> uh but before we go, go any further, yeah. uh, if you can, if you like the content, please like and subscribe. Uh, hit that notification bell, leave a comment, um, try and hit us up uh, in the comments. If you got any questions, uh, if we get subscribers up enough, we can start putting out polls where you want to do that and uh, maybe do some more live streaming events. So anything with that, we'd appreciate it. All right, thank you. Um, yes, the Browns are back. Uh, we were at Monday Night Football. Probably one of the best games I've seen there yeah. in person. Yeah. Uh, Browns 32, Bengals 13. Um, by far, it has to be the best defensive showing the Browns have had this year. Yeah, they played a lot better in Baltimore, but it was... Yeah, and it didn't take much to say that. But, I mean, these this defense played well. Yeah. And you can beat a lot of teams in the NFL if you play the way the Browns played on Monday night. Yeah, that gives you a <laughs> sliver of hope even if, right. if you play like that going into Buffalo. So what do you think Joe Woods in the, is doing different? Is he doing something different? Is this on the players? I think it's a I think it's on the players, but I think it's a combination of one, John Johnson got the green dot. and I. You've talked about that. I feel like he, he did that in L.A. when he was there. You have, you know, I think A-Walk doing it was, was not a bad choice, but, you know, he got hurt. I think, you know, we saw a lot of miscommunication in the back end early in the year. Right. And then we had some injuries. But I think when you have the guy that's back there and JJ3's a veteran, you know, they seem like everybody knew what they were doing. They knew, knew, where, to land, knew where to line up. And I, I thought Joe Woods did a good job of rotating where he was putting defensive linemen. Right. I mean, we had our, our rookie get uh, Isaiah Thomas get his first sack of the night, yeah, first sack of the year. Uh, he looked good. I mean, Deion Jones looked like he was more comfortable in the in the defense. I'm glad that he's going to have a bye week to get more caught up with that too. So, I mean, you got to tip your cap when when there's a when they play that well. Uh, right. I mean, Cincinnati's offensive line isn't very good, but you saw him go out there and do it. Right. Well, the Brown, I think the biggest key was, of course, you know, they were getting around. Uh, I think Burrow ended up with, uh, we ended up sacking Burrow five times. Uh, but they were on him all night. Right. But they, and he also had seven QB hits outside of that. Uh, but the Browns, what helped that out was the Browns getting pressure up the middle, which we really haven't seen that all season. Well, and that's what we were talking about in the Baltimore game last week. Right. You get just some help up the middle, it makes the guys on the edge their job so much easier. Right. Um, of course, the funny thing is when you're talking about that, and I, and I may mention this even after the game, when we went there was, I said, the sports media is going to get a hold of this and say, oh, well, the Bengals sure are missing Jamar Chase. <laughs> right. Well, which, and that was as soon the next day, you know, it was right on there. Jeff Saturday was on Get Up, uh, basically talking about how bad the Bengals are missing <laughs> Chase because of his yak, yards after catch. Well, you got to catch the ball first. 
Okay, so yeah, they were down Jamar Chase. We were down Denzel Ward. Okay, so you, they and still had okay. Boyd and they still had Higgins. Now Higgins had a long reception for a touchdown, but that was I mean, in the fourth quarter. Yeah, but what I'm saying is, is that you got to catch the ball Saturday before you can worry about yards after the catch. Are you saying that the defense is so worried about yards after the catch and they're playing back right. on Jamar Chase that much? Then the, the history has proven that Jamar Chase doesn't do very well against our defense anyway. No. No. So, yeah, I, yeah, he's going to make them a better offense, obviously. Yeah, he is. The defense came out and played. And we, we got guys in the back. Too. That's that's what's been so frustrating all year is the talent's there. Right. It's putting them in the right positions, making sure and these guys taking the extra time to be ready every week. I think, you know, I, I've listened to some of the, the sound bites from the players. It seems like they're starting to prepare better. So right. hopefully this just... That snowballs into something. I mean, you want to be playing your best football in November and December, so. Right. And just because I am that sports better, so I want to give you a little bit of knowledge here. Uh, not to bust uh, or burst uh, Jeff Saturday's bubble here, but uh, the Vegas line did not move a half a point when Cincinnati came out midweek and said Jamar Chase is going to be out. What was the line? Did they, they got three points, right? Uh, yes, the Browns were getting three at home. Correct. So, but it didn't move. Right. Jamar Chase news didn't move. Oh, yeah, everybody. Oh, so, this offense is high flying. It's like, Jamar yeah. Chase, or Vegas knows better than Jeff Saturday. Right. Okay. Right. So, Just generally. Shut up and block. Yeah, generally, like, <laughs> position players don't move a line except for, at the very most, a half point to a point. If they're extra special, other outside of the quarterback, it doesn't move a line. Right. A few years ago. Maybe there's Henry. Well, right, yeah, right. That can move a full point. Right. Okay, but a few years ago, I remember when Aaron Rodgers went out the midweek of the game and the line moved nine points. Yeah. That's a big, big swing. Okay. Yeah. You're usually you're not even going to see that even from a starting quarterback to you know a backup quarterback. So if you want to bring up Jamar Chase, you're wrong. Sorry. They would have got their asses kicked with or without him. It doesn't make a difference. So, uh, Browns offense, uh, the, stat of the stat of the game has to be Nick Chubb uh, scoring the touch, uh, what, two touchdowns? It was two touchdowns. Yeah, two touchdowns on 101 yards and 23 carries. Yeah. Um, now, found this stat out. When Chubb has 20-plus touches, the Browns have won all three games this season. When he doesn't, they lose. Do you think that's a coincidence? I think that's more of a testament of how the game's going. I do too, because if you're running your offense, then you know if you get behind and you have to abandon the run, then it's going to cut into his run, his touches. I think it's a. Well, and you're staying on the field if you're being able to throw the football on third down. He gets more carries. Yeah, the Browns. That was a big problem last year. Yeah, because the Browns, I think, were eight for thirteen. They're eight for thirteen on third downs. Uh, yeah, they had 24 first downs, 440 yards. I would like to, team. Did we? Did you see if we? How many first downs we got on third by running the ball? Uh, I there was a breakdown of that, but I didn't. I didn't uh, actually jot that down. Because but. I mean, Jacoby was he was on fire. Yeah, yeah, he was good. He was good. Um, I said uh, I think the only real blunder uh, was the the kind of Stefanski cutie play. With Amari on the end of round, he threw an interception. 
Uh, come to find out, Amari has never thrown a ball in high school or college or the pros. So well, they he also got hit by through that thing. He did. If you go back and look at the tape, Woods was running down the sideline butt naked. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, I mean, it, I I, th- I like that he's you know the guys are having fun though. I mean, you you want to kind of do those plays every now and again to keep defenses honest. Right. I wonder if Schwartz could have made that throw. I mean, no, he can't catch. I, I don't think throw. Schwartz would have caught the reverse. <laughs> Is he even suiting up? <laughs> I don't know. I haven't seen him. I haven't seen him taking. I should look at his snap count, but I, I don't. I don't think he is because they they brought Woods in in this game. Yeah, and I, he looks good out yeah, there. Yeah, he looked good. He had a couple. And I, I still day. think I like David Bell. I, yep. I think especially when when Deshaun comes back, I think he's going to get more targets. So I, I really felt that the two point conversion uh, on the first drive where the Browns have set got the tone. It, yeah, they, it really set the tone for the entire game. So Cincinnati basically got called for an offsides on the uh, extra point attempt, flagged him, moved it up to the you one, know, the one, and basically we went ahead and Stefanski chose to go for the two point, and we got it. So we're jumped up on top, eight nothing right there, and that really set the tone. So because then that now you're forcing Cincinnati to think about well now we're going to have to get a two point conversion of our own, right? Rather than yeah okay the Browns score we can we can do that too we're Cincinnati. So, Amari Cooper, though, another 100-yard-plus game, along with Chubb, 5 for 131, had a touchdown, and had that late 53-yard bomb. That really that really put a dagger in Cincinnati there. Uh, DPJ, uh, 4 for 81. DPJ just keeps coming along, coming along, yeah. coming along. Yeah. He's looking good. Definitely legitimate, too, at this point, I'm thinking. Yeah, now, now so, there's going to be conversations with how much you pay him. Right. That's true. They only got one more year left. Yeah, Brissett, 17 for 22 for 278, a touchdown to 133 rating. So 133 rating, that's uh, that's pretty impressive. That's elite. Uh, what I was really surprised with, with Najoku going out last game, was Harrison Bryant having zero targets. I was really surprised at that. So I don't know if Stefanski, if they saw that Cincinnati was kind of honing in on Harrison Bryant as, at a tight end. Uh, I mean, generally Harrison Bryant doesn't get the uh, – doesn't get loose like Najoku does either. Doesn't right. find those soft spots in the zone like Najoku either. That could be part of it. It could have been he was more of a decoy, like Stefanski knew they were going to try to hone in on Harrison Bryant. So they, well, they had some yeah. they had some injuries in their defensive backfield, so I think they're right. They're really going after the corners. Mm-hmm. So and he only had twenty two pass attempts. So right when you can run the football like that, defense is playing well. Sure, why not? Uh, Bengals, uh, Burrow, 25-35 for 232, two touchdowns, uh, but also had a pick and a fumble lost, so he had a 96 rating. Uh, but this is a very key stat, I think. Bengals as a team were uh, 10 rushes for 36 yards. I also heard the media talking about that. Well, how come the ban- the Bengals abandoned the run? Well, because it wasn't working. <laughs> That's It wasn't working. They've been that team all year. I mean, and, he, and even uh, because Mixon, more than any other year, uh, he's got more involved in their passing game, and we're shutting it down. Yeah, for the most part. Immediately, Talk we're shutting talking. it down. So uh, yeah, he he played outside of his mind. I, I mean, he he did. He might be the mic going forward. Yeah, at yeah. Dion and and JOK handle the outside. So uh, Boyd had a touchdown. Higgins' biggest play play we talked about the, that the forty-one yard touchdown late. Uh, McPherson though. 
your boy, McPherson, uh, missed uh, four field goals. So we were watching this at halftime. I think you were taking a piss maybe. but So Painter and I were watching this, but he missed four field goals during the halftime practice. <laughs> so he missed two field goals and an extra point in the actual game too. So yeah. I just I don't know what was going on with there. Maybe it's he had, a hard stadium to kick at. Yeah. Well, I mean, maybe he, yeah, yeah, that maybe he had the right shoe on the left foot. Who knows? <laughs> I don't know what the hell the guy was doing. He wasn't holding his ass right. So uh, the time of possession for the Browns, uh, thirty six minutes. So coming up though, the Browns are on a bye this week. Uh, then they come back for games at Miami, at Buffalo, and then home against the Bucks. What do you think? Browns go two and three during that stretch before Watson comes back. That would that's you have to. I mean, that's what you want. Yeah. So you can you can make an argument of four and seven. Out of those out of those three games, which one's most winnable? I think it's the Bucks because well, it's the Bucks game. It's got to be Bucks. And if you would have told me that at the beginning of the season, I would have been like, yeah, it's probably the Bills and the Bucks. We're probably losing both those two. I think the Bucks is a very winnable game, especially to play that kind of defense. Man, you can play that kind of defense against. You have a chance, anybody. Yeah, you do, but I mean, I'm just saying we have to play at Buffalo. You can play that kind of defense against Buffalo. Buffalo could still torch you. I mean, they're just really. They don't really have a running game, though. No, but they did pick up Naeem Hines. We're gonna get into the NFL trade deadline, which that doesn't really move the needle for me. No, it doesn't. It doesn't too much for me either. I'll tell you where I. That's where I thought Kareem Hunt was probably gonna go. And I think that could have really made a difference for Buffalo. And I'm really surprised that that didn't happen. Right. So apparently they couldn't work things out there because if I'm uh, Andrew Berry in that front office, so I'm trying to move Green Hunt. I mean, I don't know what kind of draft capital Buffalo had, and we're trying to get some back, but boy. I mean, if they would have secured Kareem Hunt. Oh, they would have been. I mean, that's. What are you doing? Yeah, what are you doing there? Because he, he would make their passing offense better. Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> so. Anyway, anything else? Any other takeaways from that Browns game? Just a great, great game on Monday night. I mean, just so good. I mean, Stefanski's Stefanski's has like five straight wins against the Bengals now. Yeah, I mean, we own the Bengals. Yeah, that's that's good. To, so the years that we've had to endure the punishment by the hands of the Steelers and the Ravens, right? And even the Bengals when they were good, right? When they were winning divisions, it's nice to be able to right. go into a division. Some of those Carson Palmer years, at maybe. And even two or three years when Andy Dalton was yeah. winning the division. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So, I I think we're, what is the all-time series? Are we tied yet? I don't know. I'd have to look that up. Might have to look that up. I'm going to look that up right now. All right. Well, while you do that, I'm going to go ahead and move on here to uh, uh, Ravens, Bucks. Ravens 27, Bucks 22. This was last Thursday night. We did watch that. Yes, we were watching some of that. Um, Lamar was twenty-seven to thirty-eight with two touchdowns, but more importantly, he went eight for eight with the tu- with uh, touchdowns in the second half. So I know I'm I'm really am a Lamar hater. So, <laughs> but eight for eight's pretty good. That's really really good to do that in the second half. Right. Uh, Mark Andrews um, was out for some of the game too. So the rookie, Isaiah Likely, is a tight end, and he actually looks more like a receiver. He does. But, I mean, he was 6 for 77, so he's way to, way to step up there and a touchdown. Uh, DuVernay had a late rushing touchdown, which kind of sealed the deal for the Ravens. I think the game was more of a the Buccaneers just don't have it this year. They don't. Because you're at home on Thursday night. That's a game you got to win. Yeah, yeah. Especially with – And Baltimore just – they don't – when you watch them, you're like, I get it. 
but they don't impress me. No, no. There's nothing on the other and side of the ball. There's a lot me. of there's a lot of similarities between that NFC us, uh, NFC South, and you know the AFC North. I mean th- that division's super tight too, right. just like ours is. Um, I think, but the uh, the leader. Uh, there's three teams there that are three and five. They're mm-hmm. tied for first. I mean, it's just just yeah. a shit, absolute shit division. And they might, they'll probably still have. And they might pull away. The they might, yeah. They they could get. They could. Because I don't see anybody. Anybody in that can division. win that division, right? Maybe, maybe PJ Walker really. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah, uh, the Bucks though rushing, they could not get it done. Uh, I mean, they're 15 for 44 as a team. Although Fournette had a touchdown, so Fournette's not getting it going for the Bucks. And uh, Brady, I think uh, he's cooked. Yeah, you think Brady's done? Oh uh, yeah, I mean, I, why would he come back next year? No, but I think Fournette's cooked too. Yeah, Brady's twenty-six for forty-four for three twenty-five and a touchdown. Uh, old man Julio Jones had a receiving touchdown there. Uh, Evans again, though. I brought this up last week. Uh, Evans had eleven targets. But only six receptions, so he's only catching the ball. Brady's not getting the ball on. He's not getting the ball on target because you're Mike. Mike Evans is a big target. Well, I seen that one when we were watching last week where you could see him really throw and it just like skidded. Yeah, it, he kind of looks like Peyton did at yeah. the end. Yes, yes. <coughs> um, just Bucks aren't a good team. They got two big big problems. They don't have a run game, and they can't stop the run. Right. So that's like double trouble right there. Mm-hmm. So I really, out of the three upcoming games for the Browns before Watson's return, I mean, Bucks is definitely one that we could win, but we need to win two of the three. You got to win Miami. Yeah, yeah, I think Miami's the next one. That's And that's at Miami. You got to go week to week. And I, I, if they're hitting their stride and doing all these things, I still think there's – I'm not saying we you can't. Go into Buffalo and I'm not saying we can't beat Buffalo. It's going to be tough. I mean, I'm just being realistic, and I think the two of the three that we have the best chance of winning is that it's the NFL and weird shit happens. Right, it does, and we could be five and go six. Go there, get a pick six on the first drive. Yeah, it could be, and just pile on them. Could be, but you know, Josh Allen can pull 28 points out of his ass. In, yeah, he in could. A quarter, so he could. Okay, uh, moving on here. Eagles 35, Steelers 13. Just kind of staying in our division. Uh, Jalen Hurts, 19 of 28 for 285, four touchdowns. Three of those went to A.J. Brown, who was six for 156. Hurts had a 140.6 rating. Yeah, no <laughs> doubt. Zach Pascal, two receptions, 57 yards, and a touchdown. Miles Sanders, nine for <laughs> nine rushes, 70 yards, and a touchdown. As, as a team against this Steelers team, uh, they were 20 for 111 yards rushing. Not I mean, horrible. I mean, uh, not, not great, but not horrible. No, but I'm saying that's a lot. I mean, I think that's a lot. You're still averaging over five and a half. Well, yeah, five the, and a half yards they were carry. they were efficient. But yeah, the, that the thing that really impresses me about Philadelphia is they're using that to be that <laughs> explosive in the air. Yeah, like I I I like Jalen Hurts coming into the year, but I thought he was more of a what Jacoby's doing for us type quarterback. Yeah, and he looks like an MVP candidate. Well, actually, I thought Jalen Hurts was going to be more of a Lamar guy, which I don't like. But Well, I mean, it's style of play. Right, yeah. but what I'm saying is, but the difference between Jalen Hurts, which I like a little bit more, is the fact that he's accurate with the ball. He's accurate. He can throw he's, he's the got ball. A good deep ball. Yeah, and he's got A.J. Brown 
And now you're saying, well, Lamar doesn't have a big wide receiver. Yeah, I know. Well, nobody wants to play with Lamar because he doesn't hit balls down the field. Okay, so I'm going I'm to keep going and beating on that dog until it's dead. But that's there's a reason why. So uh, Steelers, uh, old Kenny Pickoff, 25 of 38 for 191. He had a pick. He had a pick. You know, staying solid in that category. And a fumble. Uh, although he fumbled, he fumbled twice. <laughs> he only lost one of them. So uh, rushing, uh, Warren, uh, Najee Harris, and Kenny Pickoff, 24 for 144, but no touchdowns. Here's my biggest thing when I looked at that box score on this, too. Um, Najee Harris was the third-leading rusher behind Kenny Pickoff and Warren. So if Najee Harris is your third-leading guy, but he's your, he's your bell cow back, that's a problem. That's a problem. They're, Steelers fans just are in denial of you're in rebuild mode. Good luck finding a quarterback. Mm-hmm. Because believe me, it ain't easy. No. Um, and their offensive line line is in shambles. They just traded Chase Claypool away. Mm-hmm. I get more picks. They, we'll get into that too. Yeah, but their defense. A lot of the good players are aging. I just I don't I mean, see. You got Baker Fitzpatrick back there, but yeah. he can't cover the whole and field. T.J. Watt's still going to be in his yeah. prime, and he's not but back. Cam yet. Hayward's going to be. He's, he's he can't play. He's forever. old. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. And Devin Bush isn't anything to... No. I'm not impressed, you know. Which is unusual because normally when you see the Steelers going, they grab a they grab a, uh, a high linebacker pick like that. You're like, Usually okay, works well, out. they know what they're doing. This right. guy is... Which he was That's good. He, which he was good at Michigan. Yeah. But, I mean... Yeah. He was, he was actually probably his best year was his rookie year. Yeah. And he's... he's yeah. Uh, and then here's another one. So I want, I've, I've kind of got on this kick a little bit. So when I follow these games and I follow these box scores, and when I see that your tight end is your leading receiver. So, unless it's Travis Kelsey. Yeah, unless it's Kelsey, <laughs> yes. That's usually uh, a formula for a loss. And Pat Fryermuth was 4 for 57. Leading receiver for the Steelers. Well, I, you know, 10, 15 years ago, it wasn't all that uncommon for your tight end to at least lead in receptions. Yeah. And I, 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 whatever, however offenses are run now, it just seems like quarterbacks don't want to hit those tight ends in the middle of the field for easy completions. Right. Yeah, especially young quarterbacks. And I feel like if you are if you want to make it, we can And he's that. doing that. But four, four receptions, though? I mean, I... Like five, yeah. Well, yeah, four, yes. Four fifty-seven. What I'm saying is, though, is that... Normally, when you're hitting the tight ends, you're not hitting them for long plays. Right. You know, Kelsey, you can you can rule him out. You know, Mark, Mark, Mark Rookin, yeah, Andrews, Njoku, yeah. But for the most part, those are usually like secondary reads. You know, so you're not getting. So if those guys are leading your receiving core, you're not winning games for the most part. Yeah, you're just yeah, it's, not. It's a big I mean, play even when now. when Njoku. For us, even when he's putting up, you know, the numbers he's been putting up, Amari's still the leading, leading receiver. Just Najoku is usually gets more receptions. Yes, right, the way it but not be. the yardage. Right. But not what I'm yardage saying, when Fryer yeah. was leading yardage, yeah. that's a problem. Yeah, yeah, that's. I mean, 38 attempts for a 191. That's like four and a half yards an attempt. That's right. Not good. Right. I mean, I, like I said, 
I'm so happy. I'm happy to see it. I, I hope they're in the shitter for ten years. You know what? Welcome, welcome, Steelers. Welcome Browns to Purgatory. Yeah, Browns jail, bitches. Okay. <laughs> so but, I, I hope I mean, you, I hope you feel that pain. Right. We're the youngest team in the league with the arrows still going up. Right. Okay. Panthers thirty-four, Falcons thirty-seven. I was watching uh, the like the fourth quarter of this game in and the overtime. So uh, there's late touchdown in the regulation by to DJ Moore. It was basically almost like a Hail Mary play. Was, but I mean, DJ Moore just threw an absolute rope. Uh, or I mean, uh, PJ Masks Walker. I call him PJ Masks. Uh, threw an absolute rope, rope to Moore. I, I, I'm still saying that's the best throw I've seen all year from yeah. anyone. I mean, he caught it, caught that in the end zone, like the final play of the game. So that was like 65, 70 yards. Oh yeah, it was. Yeah, it was a bomb. It was not. It was nuts. <laughs> but I mean, it, he didn't. It wasn't an arc. I mean, he. It was like a line drive. Right. It, it was right a throw. The, yeah. So, um, but unfortunately, uh, DJ Moore got penalized because he took his helmet off. Pulled it to Wayne Rudd during the field. Yeah. And uh, the Panthers were penalized 15 yards on, <laughs> and it was tacked on the extra point try by Pinero, and he missed it. And so it forced the overtime. Uh, Barely missed that thing, too. Yeah, he did. But 15, 15 yards is 15 yards. And then in overtime, the Panthers uh, got an INT off Mariota's watching that on the first drive, and then it put them right back in field goal range again. Pinero missed again. So then the Falcons took over, went down, and Coop kicked the game winner, their field goal kicker. So, this was battle for first place in this division. Yeah. Yeah, it really was. It really was. Yeah, because the Falcons are leading that division now at 4-4, four four, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but, you know, Panero, say what you want about Panero. I mean, what do you expect? I mean, the guy was a professional boxer, too, <laughs> before he became a kicker. Did you know that? Oh, I... I did not know that. Yeah, he used to box up tomatoes and potatoes, lettuce. Oh, okay. So <laughs> <laughs> he's got his. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, all right, onward, <laughs> upward here. Uh, Saints twenty-four, Raiders zero. What is going on there in the the black and silver nation? Wow. wow. How did I pick them to win the Derek Carr scored me a whopping 2.3 points on my live fantasy league. Okay, so say what you want about the Haslams. At least we didn't hire that that dude. Yeah. And I know last year you were kind of pushing for him a little bit. But man, oh man, it doesn't look good. I mean, and then this team made the playoffs last year. And you bring in Devontae. They got better. You bring in Devontae Adams. By the way, I just want to bring up Devontae Adams' stats here. He only had five targets. I don't know how that happens because their tight end's been out forever. Okay, what's his name? He's been Waller. out forever. Yeah, Waller. He's been out forever. So he's got five I mean, targets. What are you? Rogers with four. What are you hitting Renfro? I mean, he is hitting Renfro with underneath routes. So Devontae Adams had five targets. He had one catch for three yards. Do you think you'd ever read a Devontae Adams stat line with one for five and three? Only if Baker Mayfield was throwing him. I mean, how does that keep happening? I, I mean, Baker Mayfield probably looks really good to the Raiders right now. I don't even know if it's that. It, it, I mean, it got so bad. Change? I mean, Carr was 15 or 26. Yeah, they, he had a 50.3 rating. They replaced him with uh, Jarrett Stidham, who used to be with the Patriots. Yeah. Kind of rocked yeah. along there with Josh McDaniels. And he actually ended up with a 76 rating, 26 higher than Carr. 
like later in the game. Um, I mean, I know the Saints defense is usually pretty good. Yeah. But they yeah. haven't zipped anybody this year. No, and Josh, Jac- been up and Josh Jacobs has just been a baller this year for the Raiders, too. Right. They're um, just wasting that. Yeah. Uh, how much longer does Josh McDaniels have before he gets fired again and has to go back to Patriots? <laughs> I mean, that's where he's going. Yeah, got, probably. You know, that's where he ends probably. up. Probably. Do you think they're going to give him more than this year? If it, if it I think they this will. Way? I think they will. I mean, I think he's going to get this year. At least this year, and I think he's going to get... Next year, Seattle yeah. first eight games, or first six games. I mean, it's, I mean, he, he, they're on a crash course to finish dead last in that division. If it wasn't for the Broncos, I mean, there would be no chance that they're not finishing last in that division. Uh, and I still yeah. trust the Broncos more at this point. Yeah, yeah, barely. Right. Um, that's right. That's right. <laughs> By the way, those just, they never get old. I mean, I find new ones like on Twitter and Facebook, TikTok, whatever, of like Broncos country, let's ride memes with Russ, and they just never get old. You think they would get old, but they don't. <laughs> There's just new ones all the time. It's absolutely fantastic. Well, my thing is there, how long are they going to keep him around? Oh, Russ? Yeah. Oh, they're paying him a ton of money. they got to keep him. I mean, that's a lot of dead money. It's a lot of dead money there. I mean, the Colts bid on a lot of dead money. Yeah, they did. Money. Well, maybe Russ can go to the Colts next yeah, I mean, year. They like revolving quarterbacks. Yeah, they do. They do. Because, I mean, unless the coach is that bad, something is, is wrong with that man. Yeah. And I'm glad we didn't fucking trade for Well, him. and here's the thing, too, is you know that, that, that uh, Nathaniel Hackett's going to go down before Oh, yeah, before be Russ. first. It's they, gonna be coach they have to get somebody else in there. Yeah. I just now I can see I can see Hackett going out before the end of the season. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, they gotta, they gotta make a run. I think quite honestly, I'm gonna tell you something right now. I think if they would have went over to London and lost that game, he, he might have been gone. Yeah. Well, he might have been gone right the after. The writing's on the wall too, because of that trade of Bradley Chubb. Yeah. Yeah, they're, why, why would you get rid of him? They're mailing it in. Yeah, if you think you can win. Yeah. So uh also, the uh, NFL trade deadline happened this week. Uh, winners and losers. Uh, Miami, you just said it. Bradley Chubb went to Miami from Denver. And then also Jeff Wilson pairing, pairing back up with Raheem Mostert uh, from the 49ers. Uh, as Miami? Running back to Miami, yes, also. What so, they get back for that? Just I don't know what. They, they must have got. They probably got back some draft capital there because I know they burned it up on the yeah. Trey Lance and, yeah. you know, all that. So, and then, uh, and then McCaffrey too. So McCaffrey went to the 49ers. That's uh, a perfect system for him. Yeah, I mean, he had a passing, rushing, and receiving touchdown this past weekend. Yeah, yeah. he's going to do good you there know. as long as he stays healthy. Right. That's always that's my biggest worry with McCaffrey, of course. Yeah. So we brought this up a little bit ago too. The Bears got Chase Claypool for Justin Fields and gave up a two. Is Chase Claypool worth a two? He's not worth it, too. I don't think he's worth it, too. The Bears have some draft capital, and I think they're just, like, retired to seeing Justin Fields having no one to throw right, the football right. to. Darnell Mooney and yeah. Cole Kovac. And I, I fucking hate the dude, but he's big. He's athletic. He is. Give, I think they're trying to give Justin a little bit of a chance. You know what? Their biggest reason I, the biggest reason I don't think that he's the number two, because the guy's a head case. Oh, yeah. I because I think they that brings his t- his stock down to, for me. They wanted to trade the other two that they had, but they still have plenty of draft. Of course, the lingerings were that last week, the week before that, Chase Claypool was probably going to go to the Packers. But once again, Packers sitting on the sidelines didn't do anything for Aaron Rodgers. 
Why did wow. He, I don't understand why he stayed there. Aaron Rodgers? Yeah. I don't know. Just because they gave him that $50 million a year? Maybe. We could have gave him that. Yeah, we could have. I mean, Gutisich basically said, okay, here, Aaron, here's your money, but Devontae Adams is leaving, and by the way, you're not going to get anybody. Right. We're going to... So. We're going to fuck around with a second round pick. You know, I'm glad we were able to stroke your ego with $50 million a year. So, okay. He's getting his check. Yeah. So, <laughs> Ravens uh, went ahead and got Roquan Smith uh, from the Bears. That I was a big that. acquisition. I do too. But that was huge. Um, yeah, I'd have to say the Packers are probably one of the biggest losers. Uh, of course, with the record right now, you know, generally when you see the teams trying to acquire stud players at the trade deadline. They're well the NFC they're, contend- they're contenders. Minnesota's really Oh they're gonna win that division. They're yeah. I mean well, maybe, they, maybe they the Packers Hawkinson. maybe the Packers were thinking, hey we're not gonna They got TJ Hawkins up too. Yeah. We're not gonna miss well, yes. Minnesota yes, 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 I forgot about I think they're I think Can I what the hell is what the hell are they doing? In Detroit? Yeah. Why That'd be like him? that would be like us giving Baltimore the Joku. Or, yeah. Najoku yeah. as a tight end inside the division. Yeah. What are you doing? And I don't care if you're having a fire sale, but man. That's not even really a fire sale. You're I mean, not doing, yeah. But I'm saying you're not doing that inside your division. Right. And if you're healthy, you don't want to do it inside your conference. Their biggest thing this year is uh, all, their, all, all their weapons getting hurt. Now you're going to get rid of another one. Right. So I get Tank, and they, they pray well. I think CJ Stroud in that offense would be great. But why wouldn't you want him to have TJ Hawkinson? Right. Do they have anybody else to tie I mean, in? they got that Amara St. Brown who's fantastic. Right. I mean, don't get me wrong. Well, I like TJ Shark. You know, Swift is really good <coughs> at the running back position. Detroit's biggest thing is their defense is really, really bad. Yeah. I mean, they can't stop anybody. Yeah, so they, they have, have to try out. They have to, right. They have that too. So they but have to try They're still working. moving the ball, scoring mm-hmm. points. Yeah. Huge clip. Mm-hmm. But their defense has been horrible. I, I still don't understand why they. They picked that kid from Michigan at number one. That yeah, Hutchinson? Yeah, yeah I, I think that was dumb, too. That was an absolute Detroit move. Yeah. Um, so, want to get into this a little bit. We touched on the Dan Snyder situation as the Redskins owner uh, last week. Basically, Dan Snyder, just to kind of refresh everybody's memory, Dan Snyder basically came out and said that he was going to blow the whistle or air out the dirty laundry of the NFL and the commissioner. So this week it just came out. So um, <laughs> so the latest story from ESPN and Yahoo Sports is now reporting that he's being investigated by the federal governor for unreported sales of tickets. Jesus. So basically the NFL is uh, leading the way on this. <laughs> you know they are. You know that they're, they're pushing guys. So the, the Federal Security and Exchange Commission, they're basically on Dan Snyder's shit here. Uh, basically, uh, trying to get him for tax evasion. Yeah. Basically, not reporting profits. And the thing is, it's like, you know, each and every owner are doing the same fucking thing. Absolutely. But the other owners don't like Dan Snyder. Yeah. And they especially don't like Dan Snyder when they said that he's going to blow the whistle on all the bullshit. So they yeah, don't like yeah. be, they don't like being threatened. No. No, you're threatening. You probably, gotta do that. You're probably threatening the most, other than the U.S. Congress, the most powerful yeah. group of people in this country. They might be more powerful, actually. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, probably. They're worth more. Because I'm sure those, you know, they got some lobbyists together, and they're oh, yeah. they're pushing this uh, trade commission to get after Dan Snyder on this. There's a lot, a lot of dirty money there. But yeah. hey, whatever. <laughs> so. I just watch football. <laughs> I heard there's a couple people in play already for. 
Dubai. Uh, Dubai, yeah. One of them, Elon Musk, I heard is interested. I also is heard, he interested? Or, yes. Or are they seriously? And then I also saw the report that uh, Jeff Bezos, uh, the owner CEO of Amazon, wants to pair up with Jay Z and co-own the team. Is Jay Z from that area? Uh, yeah, he's from Maryland. Is he from Maryland? He is from Maryland. That is yes. Yeah. I've heard though that they that the owners don't don't want Bezos in there. They Most, may not. Mostly because he's probably richer than all. No. <laughs> <laughs> Jerry Jones is like, yeah, we're not doing that. <laughs> yeah. So, without further ado, here I'm going to go ahead and get us into our crying Jordan segment this week. Um, Mark Wade not with us tonight, but he has this beaut of uh, Miles Garrett. Carrying Joe Burrow like oh. a baby. Not a crying Jordan, but it's just absolute steal of a meme. Yes. Just with, absolutely fantastic. That's with the uh, uh, Indians, right? Uh, yeah. Nailer. Nailer, yeah. Yeah. Of course, they're, yeah, yeah. Uh, so that was uh, just fantastic. Um, and then, uh, Ryan, what did you have this week? Well, I, I'm just gonna. I'm gonna go with the Bengals. Go with the Bengals, crying Jordan. Yeah. I know we pick on the um, Bengals a lot, but yeah, and I think it might be a good time right now to maybe scoot in the uh, the new fight song. <laughs> again. Play that for him again. Oh, yeah. absolutely. We'll absolutely. play that that one for you again. Yeah, I'll run that for you instead of that Bengals polka. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, mine is going to be uh, Penn State, uh, which we're going to get into the college football segment here right after this. Uh, but James Franklin, Joe Paterno, crying Jordan here, whatever. Uh, <laughs> Joe Pa. Poor Joe. Fuck I mean, him. we're just going to, yeah, just going out there. Just, we, we hanged, we hung 28 points. I mean, Penn State was keeping up, held the hat, you know, had the, Halftime lead, but then we just high State's like Novocaine. You know, eventually it just, it just takes hold and, and we put you to sleep. Yeah. So 28 points and done in the fourth quarter. So Penn State's a good football team. They are. They are. I mean, you can't look at score totals between you know Penn State played Michigan. Michigan beat wiped them. It's it's a different game every week. I threw this out on Twitter too, and I threw it out on our. Other social media links there under the Raw Doggers header, but that how I remembered Sean Clifford uh, his freshman year, he kind of had, had a turnover problem when he played under Joe Paterno. Because <laughs> Clifford's so old. Let's see. Uh... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's a six year senior, but he, uh, they grandfathered. Didn't he had... come in at the same time as Todd Beckman? <laughs> he might have. <laughs> Let's put it this way: Clifford's so old that uh, he act, they actually because he's a six-year senior. So when they introduced him up on the screen, they actually had the Roman numeral six. 
senior. <laughs> they grandfathered it in. Um, he probably has a 401k somewhere. <laughs> probably does. He's going to retire, or I mean, he's going to graduate from college and he's going to retire the following year. He stayed along, just long enough to get that NIL money. Right, exactly, exactly. Um, all right, moving on to the uh, college football. Say, well, before that, Ryan, you want to go ahead and uh, hit the folks up for our YouTube? All right, guys, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button. Share on your uh, social media accounts. We're on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter. Um, you can also find the pod on Apple Podcasts. And don't forget about our new merch, by yeah, the way. Yeah, new merch. Our uh, Raw Doggers. Oh, look, well, there he is, the Browns. So don't forget about our new merch here. We've got the Raw Doggers shirts. Just got them in here a couple this of weeks back. balls deep on the, on the on back. On the back. It's so, actually a beautiful orange. And I actually really like the shirt. Uh, deer season's coming up for all you hunters out there, so you know you can always wear that in the field. Yeah, you guys are hit us up on the comments. You know, drinking alcohol and using guns. <laughs> hit us on the comments, or we're on Facebook. You can message us about that. Sure, absolutely. Um, I know we got a couple. We got a couple orders we're filling here too. I need to get on those, but um, yeah, definitely hit us up. Yep, twenty bucks a piece. Twenty bucks. Yep. Um, Six ninety five shipping. We got to ship, or if we can somehow get it to you in like some kind of t shirt bucket brigade, right? Save you on the shipping. That'd be fine too. So, um, okay. You on to hit uh, our sponsors. Uh, yeah, I will here in the next next segment. Uh, moving on to college football. Uh, Ohio State uh, forty four, Penn State thirty one. I was uh, one of the first games of Ohio State to watch this year. Yes. Yeah, uh, Mark Wade uh, was at the game. Uh, really wish you could have had Mark Wade on tonight. Uh, with he was get- also supposed to be at the Browns game with us, but we're not special enough for him. Apparently. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, although I do want to bring this up right now, the Raw Doggers uh, hopefully will be attending Ohio State at the Big Ten Championship. We've already bought tickets. Secured a little Airbnb action over there in Indy on the weekend of December 3rd. Um, yeah, we're definitely going to be making out, so. Yeah. You guys might want to stop by, maybe take some pictures. Right. You know, at least some uh, <laughs> some uh, visual snapshots. We, we should probably also try to get some footage of that as well. We, yeah, we should, Yeah, we probably will. Probably will do that. So, hopefully As long as Ohio State does what they're supposed to do. Yep, yeah, they do what they're supposed to do. We're going to be there in Indy, so. Um, like I said, Mark Wade was at the game with his dad and his son. Uh, Mark Wade posted some pictures, sent me some pics of the stadium. Looks really, really nice. Uh, the only thing, I, as the game progressed, I kind of noticed a change in the crowd, though. So we just want to throw this up here. You can kind of see his... <laughs> I mean, I was really worried about Mark's son. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, Jerry Moore. <laughs> Just kind of closing in on him here. Um, the ghost of Joe Paul and Jerry Sandusky. Uh, oh my God. <laughs> the game was close. Uh, uh, OSU actually trailed at halftime. Uh, 14-13, uh, but like I said, we scored 28 points in that fourth quarter. Um, I actually put this out on the Raw Doggers header too. Was uh, I tweeted out. Uh, that 
that I thought Penn State was going to change their we are to we are Marshall. <laughs> Seeing how Ohio State absolutely murdered them in the fourth quarter. <laughs> I've been posting that on all kinds of uh, Penn State message boards and everything. Getting a lot of hate. I love it. That's why we're raw dogging. That's why we're the raw doggers. We do shit like that. Fuck it. Yeah, so... JT uh, Tumaloa, a uh, hero of the game for OSU, including a pick in that the That was a guy court. that I've been waiting to hear about when, yep. since Mark brought him up uh, preseason. Yep. Um, fourth quarter for a touchdown, had that pick. Um, this Saturday, OSU goes to Northwestern where they're favored by 38 points. Rutgers ran the, he- ran the ball down Northwestern's throat, by the way. Uh, not really sure about, wish Mark was here on that. I haven't heard... Uh, about uh, Mayan Williams, if he's going to be back for this game, or if they're just going to let let him rest, uh, yeah, let Henderson just take it over. Uh, they should be fine. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they're going to be fine. Uh, <laughs> Northwestern swallow. Uh, I mean, High State's swallowing thirty-eight points. I recommend I, taking swallowing the thirty-eight points again. I'm going to stay on this covering the spread with the High State, which is unusual with them. But I do recommend taking the under fifty-seven and a half because I, I don't. No, you you want it, you're going to take the I over. I think it might be seventy-seven to nothing. Really? Okay, and that's fine. It might be one of those games. I, I just I'm going to throw it. I want to. I want everybody do what you want to do, but once again, you can get. Over, I don't bet, so don't listen to me. Right, but get over my bookie <laughs> or X bet, uh, and we're going to go ahead. And we'll, like always, we'll go ahead and put the uh, link uh, in the YouTube description and uh, on our other social media accounts. Just click on that link, you can get right in there. Um, so it's, I believe it's, uh, uh, a 200%, um, first time deposit bonus, uh, up to a thousand dollars. I'll be getting so on that probably. Basically next. you're getting, basically you're getting, uh, so if you deposit a thousand dollars, you get $200 free, free bets. So, you know, do what you will. Parlays are super fun. I love doing them. They're harder to hit, but it's, uh, that's what I'm saying. I, I would take. Swallow 38 points and go under the 57 and a half. I think. What do you think it's like 48 to 6 or something? Well, I think you're going to see a lot of. I, I think Dale will bring out the starters a lot sooner than he did uh, last week. Against, well, we couldn't really against Penn State. But I think he'll bring them out a lot sooner. That's why I don't think uh, the, the over is going to hit. I just I don't see him stopping our backup. No, that's true. You're probably right. You're probably right. Um, then Michigan at Rutgers this week is a 26-point favorite and over 45. I would swallow the points and take the over in this game. So what's really, really nice about this, so you could actually take all four legs of there and build a parlay for yourself over in my bookie. Link's going to be in the description. Remember that. Uh, and you could really, if all four of those legs hit, you can really make out on that. So... Uh, Anyway, other big games this weekend. Georgia uh, and Tennessee play this week. Uh, We're going to find out a lot from uh, Tennessee. Yeah. Uh, They're eight-point underdogs going to Atlanta. Um, What's your feeling on that game? I did watch Georgia a little bit last week. Georgia top five defense again this year. Dude, and they have two tight ends that look like they can play on Sundays right now. Yeah. They just – they look – Tennessee's defense not good. No. Georgia's defense is good. Tennessee can light it up with anybody though. Right. They could. Um, I just, you're playing that game with Georgia. You have to give them the edge. Mm-hmm. Being favored by eight. 
That's a lot, though. That, that is a lot. That's a weird, weird number for me because, I mean, you're going through that, that number seven there, which is key, and getting to that eight. That's just a weird – I. To me, it's a stay away game for me. I wouldn't even. Yeah, I, I don't know how to bet that. that. I, I, if it was money line or something, I'd, I'd bet. Yeah. I would bet that George is going to come away with a win. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Tennessee's risky. They're definitely they they're, they're a top five team. Yep. Uh, another big one this weekend is Clemson at Notre Dame. Notre Dame's a three and a, three and a half point underdog. That seems a little suspect to me. Um, course with their I mean if you're if you're talking about home field advantage uh, they're gonna pack the crowd over there in Notre Dame this weekend I mean because Notre Dame needs this win their new head coach needs this win uh, and quite honestly this is gonna be one of the rare occasions where I actually root for Notre Dame and only for the strategic part of if Notre Dame could win this game and get back up in that top 25 it's gonna make our win over them week one look better so that's the only reason I'm <laughs> I'm rooting for. I don't think it matters. Yeah, as long as we when we take care of business, it's not going to matter. I'm just saying, but well, no, it'll knock Clemson back. You might get a, a shot if there's uh, any Michigan fans, Nate, that yeah. are that are listening to have maybe Ohio State, Michigan make the playoff. <clears throat> right, and I I brought that up. I think that's a real possibility. Uh, the first college football playoff rankings came out this last Tuesday. Tennessee's one, uh, High State's two, Georgia's three, Clemson's four, Michigan's five, Alabama's six. Did Michigan get snubbed? What do you think? Yes. I think they did. I think Michigan. And I hate to say that. Should Tennessee be one? Yeah. Mm, I mean, I guess maybe they probably have the best quality win of of any of those top teams. Uh, We'll find out. We'll find out how they show up on this Saturday. Now, and when they lose, Georgia will probably – Jump us. Yeah. Because we're not playing. I mean, we're playing fucking Northwestern. So. Right. Oh, you're saying Georgia, let's say Georgia beats Tennessee, they're going to jump us back yeah. up into one? Uh, yeah. But Tennessee is probably going to drop out of the top top four. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, unless it's a really tight game. If it's really tight, I still think you'd, you'd put Michigan over them just because they're undefeated. I mean, I here's here's what I think is a good possibility. What could possibly happen is Georgia ekes out a win against Tennessee, and because they're they're in the same division, right? Yes, okay. both on the SEC East. Okay. But I think this is what I think could happen: if Georgia barely beats Tennessee, I State could get pushed up to the one spot. Georgia two. <laughs> Let's say Notre Dame beats Clemson. Then I think I really think Michigan could move up to three. And Tennessee might still stay in there in the top four and leave Alabama out. Yeah. I mean, I think that's I, how do you, How do you vote Alabama over them unless Alabama goes and beats Georgia in the SEC, SEC championship? Title? Correct. Which that's do they have anybody on the West that's That's close? a real possibility. Uh, I don't know. Old Miss uh, seemed to be hanging, hanging there a little Just bit. Just a division record? Uh, yeah. Uh, LSU, maybe. I mean, LSU. But... And I don't think Alabama and LSU have. I don't, they, they don't, I don't play know if they've the played. Is it the last year, game? Right? Is, is it the last one? I'm not sure. I'd have is to look that up. What's the Iron Bowl? That's, yes, that's the Iron Bowl. Okay. Yes, it is. But I can't remember if Alabama's played uh, LSU yet. I don't sure think they um, Of course, the ultimate scenario would be, and I've been saying this too, I think it's a real possibility that for once 
the once in the whole college football playoff uh, history here in a short history, we could see Ohio State and Michigan both making that top four. That's yeah. going to take a lot of finagling. I mean, it'd take a lot, but so think about this though. Let's just say that let's see let's say Tennessee blows out Georgia. Let's see they they blow out Georgia. And then they beat Alabama again. I think both Georgia and Alabama have to be out. Alabama is definitely going to be. What out. happens if they blow out Georgia and then they lose to Alabama? Correct. Now you got three eleven and one teams, and they balls cannibalize each other. So then, what do you do? I think it's a possibility you're going to see two SEC teams in there again. But I think, I mean, I'm going to be pulling for Tennessee hard this oh, weekend. Oh yeah, for sure. But I think if they if they put it, if they put it to Georgia this weekend, they just got to beat them. Yeah. Yeah, and then I think, and then if they beat Tennessee, beats Alabama again, Alabama's automatically going to be out. Yeah, and I think it's a good possibility, depending on how that OSU and Michigan game turns out. Yeah, if that game's tight, I think both those teams could still hold in to hold in there, and I think it'll be absolutely wonderful if because so now think about this. Let's say Tennessee stays at one. We stay at two, even after we beat Michigan. Michigan goes to four. Michigan goes to four. They play Tennessee. We play, let's say we play at Clemson, the 2-3. Potentially, we could meet Michigan for the college football championship again. That would be the highest rated national championship game ever. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I would so troll all the SEC, uh, like, Facebook boards. That would be great. Absolutely, I would troll them so hard. Uh, okay, we're going to go ahead and move on to uh, Major League Baseball, the World Series. Now it's tied up 2-2. Uh, the Astros just basically, after getting blanked the night before, no hit the Phillies. 7-0, yep. They basically no hit the Philly, Phillies with a combination of pitchers. Uh, who do you think has the edge to finish? I mean, my I think Verlander is going to go against Syndergaard in Game 5. I think Verlander has the, has the edge there. Does he? He's not pitched well and no, but I think games. just his experience alone. Yeah. His experience alone to, has to give him that edge. Yeah. Uh, and then I think if you go up three two, then it has to put the Astros in the driver's seat. Right now, you if you're an Astros fan, you got to be feeling pretty good. I don't know any of them. I don't even know people in Houston like Astros, quite honestly. <laughs> so uh, on the other side of a Bryce Harper, I think he's been kind of quiet, quiet in this series. Um, so far, he's only three for three for fourteen. He's batting two fourteen uh, in the World Series. He's been really good in the playoffs, but and so far in the World Series, he's not exactly tearing it up. He's not on fire. So, uh, you know, I think Philly, he's going to have to get a big one in there. Seems to me. Yeah, they need to. They need this one. Right. Uh, are Are they playing tonight? I don't know. They may be playing tonight while we're recording. Or they could be playing tomorrow night because they they had that one they had the rain out. They're playing right now. Are they playing? Okay. Top nine Astros are up three to two. In the ninth. Wow. Okay. Uh, so they're in Philadelphia in game five. So does that mean how many how many home games are left for each team? See, I don't know or because who won field? the who won the All Star game this year? American because isn't that isn't that is it still what that is? dictates the the oh, home field? Okay. I think. Yeah. So that's coming down to the nitty gritty. Philadelphia needs to come back and win that one. Yeah. And I don't know if Harper's due up here in the ninth inning. 
Let's see if I can pull up the uh, game cast. See if he's due up. Also, I'm going to skip around here a little bit. We have a special segment at the end of this for you, but I want to start up start with uh, want to start up with the NBA here. Uh, Cavs over the last week, the Cavs are now six and one. Uh, over the last week, they beat the Celtics twice in overtime. Yeah. Should the Cavs Great be games. considered the early front runner to come out of the East, or at least in the Eastern Conference Championship? They have to be. You know, Milwaukee's going to be there, barring catastrophic injuries. I don't see another team in the East that in a seven-game series that I'd be afraid of. Right. I think this is a series I would love to see in seven. Boston, Boston Cleveland. Mm-hmm. But we, we don't have Ricky Rubio back. Mm-hmm. You know, and who's to say we don't get another piece at the trade deadline or what happened? Could be. I just how they've started the season with Donovan and DG. DG's been out, but how Donovan. Meshed with the guys and DG came right back in and it, it did seem like they, they dropped off. There's a few possessions here and there that I did get to watch the fourth the end of the fourth quarter. Um, Overall team though, I mean Bucks, Cavs though. I mean I know thus of course the Bucks have the experience. Yeah. But man, I mean we have a big four. But man, that Cleveland. I mean it's just, it's is it's a Cleveland team overall. I mean player to player. Is it matching up better? I, I think the matchups are great. It, it, what it's going to come down to is just how they how they process and play in the playoffs because they're they're young. Yeah. Maybe. So it, you know it might be be the year for them to kind of find their way through it. But you know having Donovan there, who's been been to the playoffs a lot, and they might go out and get another guy that's been you know more of a veteran guy, shooter or something you know three and D type wing. Um, I, they can play with anybody. I can't wait to see them play Milwaukee. I hope I get to watch that one. Right. Um, I mean, at six and one, they're going on this West Coast road trip. They're play the Lakers, the Clippers, uh, the, the Warriors. That'd be a good game to watch. That'd be a good one. Even though they're not playing well, they're three and five. Uh, and they're playing um, Sacramento. They could go out they west. Got Phoenix on that trip or no? No. No. Okay. They're all in California. Then they come home. And play. Uh, can't remember who they play. They play somebody at home, then they go to Milwaukee. Okay. But I think they they play Detroit in the middle of there somewhere. That might be right the before way. they go out west. But um, that that they could win every game on that road trip. Come yeah. There's come nobody. Back. There's nobody out there except Golden State. There's nobody out there. Maybe the Clippers. Maybe. Maybe. But because uh, they already seem like they've gelled pretty well. I mean, there's still going to be some growing pains, and they're going to have sure. games that they drop that they shouldn't. Yeah. But if you go out there and lose one of those games, you're going to come home at, what, 10-2 and two or 11-2? Right. and two. Right. That's that's a hell of a start. They're, they're, they're getting wins and bunches. I mean, they're, if they can keep in that, that top three seed, yeah. that'll give them a very good shot to make it to the Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah. And at that point, it's... Let's ride. Let's ride. Let's ride. <laughs> Let's ride. Right. Uh, other news out of the NBA this week. We'll probably throw this up there too, Ryan. The meme, <laughs> the meme I saw of uh, Steve Nash out as the Brooklyn Nets head coach. Got any thoughts on that? Good for him, man. Yeah. Get out of that, right? Get the hell out of there. I hope he 
I hope he waits to get himself a good situation. Well, I feel really bad because, you know, I didn't even know. I knew Steve Nash was Canadian, but I didn't know he was Jewish. So, I mean, Kyrie Irving just coming in hot there. Well, they... <laughs> they had a thing this offseason this where KD wanted him out. Like, what What the hell is the... Well, problem? they wanted Steve Nash in the first place. Right. So... You, you know the guy knows basketball. I mean, do you think some did did KD hit his head somewhere along the line? Maybe get rid of Kyrie Irving. That's the problem. <sighs> Kyrie I mean, surely isn't the solution. No. Uh, and the Lakers, uh, I think they got another win. They're two and six now. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's I going think they're on? two and five. Two and five. Two and five. Sorry, yes, you're right. Two they and won five. five. They won two in a row. Yep. So what's going on there? They need shooting. Yeah. Horribly. And not Russell Westbrook. And not Russell Westbrook. Right. Westbrook. Right. Don't let him shoot any mid-range anything. No, he's... Anything that's at the top of the key or beyond, don't let Westbrook shoot. Or anything while he's... Layups only for yeah, Russell Yeah, layups Westbrook. and dunks. That's that's it. That's yeah. all we're doing. Get your 10 assists, get the hell out of there. Right. Just <laughs> add your stats. Right. And, you know, just keep on going. Uh, all right. We're going to get into this uh, special segment here. Um, we want to, uh, we're going to make this kind of a series with us. So the point of this, the biggest thing is, well, we're going to, we want to try to, we want to try to get Kenny Lofton into the hall of fame. Yep. I mean, we all grew up watching Lofton, a huge setup man from Ramirez, Bell and Tony in the nineties. The best defensive center I've ever seen. Just absolutely fantastic. Uh, but in the hopes of we want to at least try to get him back on the Hall of Fame ballot and somehow try to push him through, we're going to be going really, really hard on the on these segments. But we're also going to be going really hard on Twitter. We're going to be going after over the 400-plus uh, Hall of Fame voters, uh, sports writers, analysts, and whatnot. And we just want to go ahead and try to push to get Lofton in. And, and Mr. Lofton, if we do somehow pull this off, we want an interview with you. Would love it. the Raw Doggers. Would love it. So we're gonna go. We're gonna childhood at, dream. We're gonna at Kenny Lofton on Twitter. Uh, get these segments out and really push, uh, really push for Lofton. And I did read that there is a committee that might be our best route to push them. There's 16 people that are former players and writers. Right. That can get people back on the ballot because they're talking about doing that with Barry Bonds. I mean, I remember a game with Lofton, just to start this off, I remember a game of when Lofton won, won one in the 16th inning. I remember uh, it uh, being at Jacobs Field when I watched that game. Uh, but, I mean, just just absolutely fantastic. So, uh, just some raw stats on Lofton here. Uh, for his his batting average, we're going to round it up to 300. It was 299, just to scotch off of the 300 mark for his career. He had 90, 945 walks. Uh, he was a six-time All-Star and a four-time Gold Gold Glover. And at the time he retired, he was ranked 15th all-time on the stolen base list with 622. Four-time Gold Glover, six-time All-Star. Okay, 622. And most of the articles that I've read uh, is he's considered probably the 10th all-time center fielder ever yeah. to play baseball. And- Not in the Hall of Fame. And... Just to throw this out here, his first year of eligibility for the Hall of Fame, he only received 3.2% of the vote. 
in his first year, so he did not carry on to the after end of the second year, which is another reason why we want to kind of go after this committee uh, with Lofton. And that's sickening. As there, there is a stat that I did see from 1992 to 99. I think I might have brought it up last week, but it was war. Wins above replacement was pretty much grades you on your ability to affect outcome of games, your, right. how you run the bases, how you take bats, field, all of it. He was fourth from 1992 to 1999. Wow. There was Barry Bonds, uh, Mark McGuire, uh, Roger Clemens, and then him, I believe. Well, and I want you to remember too, folks, that this was during a, a steroid, steroid era. era. Yeah. Okay, when Lofton was putting these numbers up. And if you so, remember back in the '95 World Series, yeah, they scored two games and or two runs in Game One. Both were Kenny Lofton. Both were one was a slap single, one was a bunt, and both times he stole all the way around the third and got home. I mean, he he was he was the engine that got your your offense going, right? And then that was to me from '94 to '99 the best offense in baseball that team wise that. Yeah, that was around. Yeah. So, and of course, I'm a little older, so I remember some of the bad teams that you, that I grew up with. That I played little league, and you know when I really started following the Indians back in the mid '80s, and man, those, those were some bad, bad teams. Yeah, yeah. Carter, Joe Carter, or whatever. And Joe Carter, and that's it. Yeah, that was it. So and it was like free Joe Carter, and he went to the Blue Jays and won a World Series. So back to back. Yeah, yeah. Um, so but back back to Kenny Lofton here. So that's our whole point on this. Mr. Lofton, I'm going to at you on this segment. I want you please feel free to respond. Well, we want to get you we want to really, really gonna to try to push you on this Hall of Fame run. And there's players that you might know. Roberto Alomar played for the Indians from ninety-nine to two thousand two. His career wins above replacement was sixty-seven. He's now in the Hall of Fame first ballot. Kenny Lofton's was 68.4 for his career. One above Edgar Martinez and six behind a teammate of his, Eddie Murray, that is also in the Hall of Fame. So he was he was electric. Everywhere he went, played San Francisco, he was uh, he actually had the game winning hit to send them into the World Series. Had two stints with Atlanta. Two stints right. with Atlanta. Er, Started off with Houston, I think. Started off with Houston, but he never had a major league at bat with them. Then he came to Cleveland. Then he went to Atlanta in 97, came back to Cleveland. I don't think he ever went back to Atlanta after that. I know he played for the Dodgers, the Yankees, the, the Giants, and the Phillies. I think he was in a World Series or in a National League Championship Series with them. Right. And then he came back in 2007 with the Indians and was a huge reason why that team made a push in, at the latter part of the year to get into the playoffs and, and get to the American League Championship Series and go up 3-1. to one. If it wasn't for a third base coach, we probably would have been right. in the World Series that year and definitely would have been was it the Rockies? Yeah, yeah. Jesus. Ugh. Anyway, so then during some of the research that we've been doing here, uh, we found out that Lofton was not a big press guy. Yeah, that, that's... And that is basically what's keeping his Hall of Fame vote. It was a very low, like I said, the 3.2% back in his first year of eligibility. Uh, who cares? Well, yeah, we, this we're is not, the problem. This is and this is why we're going to proposition the, this committee that you've talking about because 
who cares? The sports writers, they're just a bunch of old dudes. And it wasn't like he did something horrific off the field. No. He just didn't want to talk to reporters. Right. And Murray didn't either. No. Eddie but I mean, I'm not either. comparing Lofton to Murray. No. Let's not go there. No. But what I'm saying is is that... He was a different type of player. doesn't mean... <laughs> yeah. Harold Baines. Harold Baines. And there's a lot of people that fucking hate Harold in. Baines. Okay? Yeah. But I want to bring this up. Just a couple comparisons here. That war... Uh, Harold Baines, 38.8. Lofton, 68.4. Yeah. Uh... And he only batted 289. 289. Lofton basically batted 300's career. Uh, Andre, and, in 19, and in 1994, uh, Kenny Lofton was fourth in MVP voting before the strike season was over. He was batting 349. And I believe that what might have been the back-to-back years there, he he had over 600 at-bats there in, in those and back-to-back only 112 seasons. games. And he also had 70 stolen bases in that amount of time. Yeah. That's unreal. That's Ricky Henderson type shit. Yeah. Which everybody basically feels like Ricky Henderson, you know. Uh, is the best leadoff hitter of yeah, all time. Yeah, best leadoff hitter of all time. Yeah, and I, I don't have an argument with that. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, the other, one of the other comps, we're, and we're going to come up with some other comps here during some uh, some continuous segments of this. Uh, Andre Dawson, 279 career hitter in the Hall of Fame. Uh, 314 stolen bases. He often had twice that. Yeah. And, and he's in the Hall of Fame and he batted. And he people know that name. Baseball fans know Andre Dawson. Yeah. And I don't like it's not that he was like just really good at something. He was great. He was one of the best defensive center fielders of all time. He had more range than probably anybody. His speed was unreal. Uh, what he did, those acrobatic catches on the wall. Oh yeah. I mean yeah. and how he ran the bases. And great at bats, like his on base percentage was always really high. Uh, yeah, I did write down his OPS here, but we'll get that next segment. Yeah, I mean, obviously, as a career batting average of 299, 300, that's that's great, especially right. for a leadoff hitter. You want to get on base, right? Which that, he did, that's what he did. And you know, Tommy's in the Hall of Fame, you know, all those a lot of those RBIs was the, that was brought about by Kenny Lofton, yeah. You know, and then Kenny Lofton, I thought you had this stat too, he had uh. He actually had quite a few RBIs for being a leadoff hitter. Because what was that? You had that stat. For being a leadoff guy, he had a lot of RBIs. Yeah, uh, he had 781, which is around 100 less than Barry Larkin, who played um, longer than Kenny Lofton. But was not a leadoff hitter. Was not a leadoff hitter, played the meat of the the order. Hall of Famer. Right. For the Cincinnati Reds. Right. But so, just, just the unjustness of a loft and only getting 3.2% and never making a back on a Hall of Fame ballot. That's why we are starting this journey. And, <laughs> this uh, long journey. Yes. If nothing else, uh, Raw Doggers fans, if nothing else, retweet these segments. Yeah, and get it some traction. Give it some traction. Yeah, get it out there. We want to try to get Loft in the Hall of Fame. Ryan, anything else you want to bring up as far as Lofton? Uh... There'll be other stuff. We're yeah. going to bring up some other stuff. Yeah, we'll bring up some, some other, other stuff later. I'll, I'll, and next week, I, I want to try to try to get some clips, and you know, we can reminisce on some good highlights that he had in his yeah. career. I mean, I remember two thousand seven, his first game back in an Indians uniform. He had three hits in that game. Yeah. Wow. It was. He always loved playing in that ballpark. Yeah. 
Okay, well, I guess that takes us down to our last segment. Uh, over, under. under. Okay, just to refresh your memory here, these are Vegas lines that you should see in a sports book, but you're never going to see, and you're never going to be able to bet on them. So, uh, starting off here, uh, over, under, two or more games played at the Bitch House. Sorry, Nate. <laughs> in Michigan before the locker room tunnel becomes a legit UFC venue. Under. <laughs> you can think it's going to happen. It's going to happen to whoever plays. <laughs> it's just, it's gaining momentum every week. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what is going on there? Isn't there, there's some kid from Madison that went to Michigan State that. Uh, Mansfield Senior. Or Senior High. Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, Gross. Angelo Gross. Okay. Yeah, he was eight. He was actually on that Twitter clip, and if you guys haven't seen it, I mean, it's all over if you haven't seen it. Yeah. But, yeah, basically, uh, and then three weeks ago, there was kind of a, a skirmish there, too, where supposedly uh, Franklin and his players were blocking the door for the Michigan locker room or some of that. Okay. And then the footage that you see of this one is basically the four Michigan State players jumping the one single Michigan player. And... What I'm saying is, and I'm not saying that the Michigan State players should be suspended for this. There's actually another four players, I think eight players total, suspended for Michigan State uh, with this. Uh, but where there's smoke, there's fire. Right. Okay, so what's going on? Something is going on in there. Get Something's some fucking going security on. in there. It's something. You know, I mean, I, I don't know what's the, going put, on. Put the visiting team, stagger the times off a little bit. Something. I mean, like, if you only got one tunnel, you think it has a little bit to do with to the generation of kids that there are now. Yeah, it could be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think so. Because they've been, but I mean, they've been meeting that tunnel for a while. My thing time. is this, though. Well, I guess more what I'm getting at is, is that is it just all the opposing teams? Is it the Penn State, or is it the Michigan State players? Because the footage you don't see is what that Michigan player was doing before that. Right. Because you can have like team skirmishes, and you've seen them on the field. Yeah. You've seen him coming out of locker rooms. Right. Okay. What did that Michigan kid do? Yes. <laughs> Were you fucking with it? Yeah. I mean, something. Yeah. Something. <laughs> something's going on here. Something's going on. So, we're not putting it all on Michigan State. So, okay, on to the other one. Uh, over under, if Tennessee wins against Georgia this weekend, over under two more goalposts get thrown in the Tennessee River before the EPA gets involved. For unlawfully damming up a public watershed. <laughs> what do you think? Is it only going to take two more? You're going to make like a is there, is an there artificial a... beaver dam there? You're going to some kind of. Uh, I I hope it's under. <coughs> I hope it's under. Some kind of native minnow can't can't make its way up the Tennessee <laughs> River now because the goalposts are in the way. They got super pissed about that shit. Didn't yeah, they? they did. I mean, it was just I, that's nuts. You know, shout out to the Vol Nation or whatever for. Well, the Tennessee fans walk it all the way out of the Georgia Dome and back to Tennessee just to throw them in the river. <laughs> I mean, I want to see. I want to see that. That would be amazing. That would be fantastic. At that point, if I was if I was the governor of Tennessee, I would send some states to make sure they got that bitch right. all the way up there. What I can see actually happen is is that I can see some of the the you know, some of those hillbillies from down there at the at you know. Uh, what do they call it? Mountaintop or whatever? Yeah, mountaintop. Mountaintop. Bring <laughs> Rocky a flat, top or whatever. Yeah, Rocky Top. Backing up a flatbed to that stadium and putting those goalposts on and taking them to the Tennessee River. <laughs> just chaining it up and just dragging it the whole way. Right? <laughs> okay, well, 
Ryan, I think that's going to do it for our, uh, this pod. Anything else? No, one more to episode 10. All right, fantastic. Didn't think we'd ever see it. Right.